This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Get all the latest football headlines and bite-sized opinion in the brand new Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Join Mark Smith, Martin Gritton and a conveyor belt of guests as they dissect all the biggest stories in one small, perfectly formed package. Take five to ten minutes out of your day to stay up to date with everything that matters in football. Whether it's a big result from the night before, a new excuse from Jurgen Klopp, a shocker of a VAR decision or a new chapter in the ongoing Man United soap opera, we will cover it. All the latest news every weekday lunchtime on the Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Look for the Whistleblowers wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal on this glorious post-North London derby Monday evening. Um, 48 hours on, time to... Uh, we, we don't like to go into early with our analysis. We like to let, let it simmer, think about it for a couple of days and then do a podcast. Some podcasts go straight after the game. You know, it's just too quick a reaction. you got to wait for a bit and then, then you get the absolute expert uh, verdict from me, Boyd Hilton. Sidekick, sidekick Josh Landy in his magnificent Soho House-style office. And today's very special regular guest, Jeff Arsenal, with a magnificent Arsenal backdrop to his Zoom, his Zoom uh, call. Thank Hi, you. Jeff. Yeah, how, how are you doing? Very good. Excellent. Who couldn't, you couldn't be, I mean, I'll, I'm sure I'll come with some pessimistic question later on, just for the sake of it. But it doesn't get much better than this, does it? A, no. uh Truly a fabulous day on Saturday. Um, Josh was there. Josh, I saw you Instagramming some were you with some clients getting involved on the old uh, on the pitch, getting interviewed, chatting about the game beforehand. Uh, I was there with William William Gallas, who who is a William client. Gallas, legend. Yeah, he of course played for both Arsenal Spurs, which puts him in a fairly small category of uh, of players and he was there for Premier League Productions which is the feed that goes all around the world so he was speaking to the uh, different media head of the game so you know being Sport and Dutch TV and Icelandic TV and Vietnamese TV and Malaysian TV but it was really interesting because it meant I got to the ground at about 10 o'clock and 
you know, I'm not usually wow. at the game two and a half hours before and then in the media centre and pitch side. And the first thing he did was Arsenal TV with Adrian Clark, who promised to come back on this podcast uh, um, recently. And it was Adrian's really on another podcast now. Adrian's on the uh, on the other one. Of course. Yeah, we've lost him. On. We've lost him. We were there well, first, but, you know, we, we don't we don't also, decry him. I bumped into James Olley and Sammy Mockbell, people we we haven't oh, had legends. far too long who all said they'll they'll come back on, which um is a kick up. We the made them, Josh. To, we made them what so, they are. So today. you was networking, Josh, really, wasn't you? You, you basically you it was a big social. Um, Jeff, Jeff's sort of whole looking, life is one oh, big networking session. Oh, it says the guy why we're recording at quarter to ten at night because you've been out doing some kind of socializing, you hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> it's I was the screening. Truth. I wasn't socialising, but anyway, um, it was it was really interesting. I have to say, yeah, I, um, bet. I really I enjoyed bet. it. And you sort of see just what an operation it is on a match day, any match day, not to mention the attention that comes on a North London derby day. But it, it was great, and uh, you can see why the why the food is uh, uh, always raved about by the media. An excellent spread. I mean, full English basically was going on there at. 10 o'clock in the morning, journalists really tucking into their hash oh, browns and sausages and, and eggs. And then at oh. halftime, there was fish and chips. Boy, can you believe fish and chips were being served? So beautiful. Do you know what? Do you know what? You get fish and chips on club level. in in, And it's the best. I have to say, obviously, I've, I've gone on about the uh, the clunky veggie burger for years and the, the overpriced you know, offering. But the fish and chips is good, actually. The fish and chips is reliably good on club level. So uh, I, whenever I, we, when we we had a lovely brunch breakfast situation before the game that Dermot organised this week, um, that was lovely. Obviously, it meant we had our last minute dash. You got there at ten a.m. I got there at three minutes past um, uh, tw- uh, twelve thirty three. Three minutes into the game, we always we always have a panic. No matter how early we meet before a game for a meal, we always have a panic to get there. But credit to my Adley driver. I booked an Adley car. This is fascinating stuff for the listeners, but I I do want to shout out to the Adley driver in case he's listening because he got us right almost on the right there, as close as you can get to the Emirates, um, uh, down the Holloway Road, et cetera, and and we only missed three minutes of the game. So that was kind of semi-miraculous because we left very late to get to the game. Right. Yeah. There you go. So you got your snails or whatever you usually get when you go for your... Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I had hash browns as well. We had hash browns as well, funnily enough. It was delicious, delicious breakfast. Well, we had yeah. opposite experience. I had two and a half hours more of enjoyment, yeah. I would say. Out of the yeah, Josh, Josh, where, where, did, where were you in the VIP seats or something, or were you with the great unboxed? No, I, I was sat in a, a, a media seat, effectively, right behind the Tottenham bench, pretty much. Um, as about as close to the uh, tunnel as I as I possibly could have been. So I had Des Kelly, who obviously was doing the reporting role for BT, sat right in front of me, um, who I assume was coming in and out occasionally. I think they'd go to him very occasionally. I mean, I've got to tell you, when Tottenham looked like they were about to do five subs in a row and Arsenal had two subs ready to come on, I've never seen grown men look so flustered. You've got one guy from the Premier League who's trying to liaise with the fourth official, who's then trying to tell the media, who are trying to write down what substitutes were. And then Conte pulled, I think it was Brian Hill, back. So he wasn't doing five. And it it was quite amusing just to watch them running around like mad, trying to keep across what was at one point going to be seven substitutions at the same time. Alas, there was a lot to to enjoy. Are you allowed to do five substitutions at the same time? You are, and it has been done once previously i believe wow. um in in the premier league so yeah right. it's um so you got to see you, 
Sorry, that, that, that was when he slung the towel in, but we will no doubt we'll get to that, won't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, absolutely. That, well, I, I agree. When you make four substitutions in that situation, you're basically going, oh, fuck it. It's like we've got a Champions League game in the week. <laughs> we'll, 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 you know, screw this. But so did you, you got to kind of witness um, uh, the manager, Conte, in close proximity. Yeah. Like you got to see how furious he was when the penalty decision went, sorry, when the um, sending off happened. Emerson Royal, did you got to see him being furious about that, etc.? Absolutely, yeah. It's really it does offer you something different. Look, I love Block Twelve uh, in the back yeah. row, but I, it, it's something very different to be sort of at the at the heartbeat of it and keeping an eye on Conte and the constant harassment of the fourth official by different members of the coaching team. They're all just taking turns. Ryan Mason will go up and then I, I don't, to be honest, know the names of the other Tottenham assistant coaches, but they're just taking turns to be in the ear. And then obviously you've got, you know, some of some of the Arsenal coaching staff doing the same, just, just up and down, up and down. Um, I think once it got to 3-1, there was sort of a, he was getting a bit of, yeah, banter, let's call it, from the crowd. Antonio Conte, and he did, he did give some half smiles back. I think when he knew the game was, yeah. when he knew the game was up, and he was still moaning about decisions where you know clearly there was nothing to be changed in the yeah. game. So yeah, I had a, I had a great, a great experience, and Arsenal was everything with class. And I should give a thank you to to Arsenal and um, uh, appreciative one because they were really helpful with William Gallas had his, his kids come over for the game and Arsenal couldn't have done more to make them feel welcome and, and accommodating as well and he sat and enjoyed the game with them and, and William actually he was doing an interview today which I was also sitting in on and, and he could not believe the atmosphere he he just thought this was incredible and he was he was talking about how he was thinking back to the derbies he played in and was he so involved in the derby that maybe he didn't appreciate what the atmosphere was was quite like and there were some memorable ones during his time but i, I was saying to him that actually you know, it, this atmosphere is something different and you know mm. there it's a song before the game we've got the um you know, block 24, 25 area, Ashburton yeah. Army that's so loud. Uh, he couldn't believe it. So it was it was interesting, someone who hadn't been in the stadium mm. for a while experiencing it. It is interesting, isn't it, Jeff? Because talking of the atmosphere, um, because it's something that the club has actually worked on deliberately, isn't it? Like it's not this is no accident. I mean, part of it's difficult because it's it's partly the, the team's doing brilliantly at the moment this season, obviously. But and so everyone's in a good mood and the atmosphere is gonna be good, but Actually, the Ashburton Army in particular and that whole giving them a whole section of the ground and that organisation that that involved, which I think the club's been involved with, it's a real, yeah. it's a real triumph, isn't it? It show, shows you you can because it definitely was an issue. Definitely, like people took the piss out of the atmosphere at Arsenal, oh, and you know, but not anymore. Now it, it's really, it's really brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, it's not a li- it's not a library anymore, that's for sure. But like you say. Um... The, the, the stuff on the pitch has, has really beefed it up a little bit. We've got something to cheer about now, and everyone's bought into it. So that has made the the, the atmosphere so much better. And it is a, a, yeah. a dramatic change from from two years ago. It's it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Apparently, the um, the band of of the of the that play you know music there were were got themselves at Highbury listening to Roundabout before the game as well. That's kind of were moved on by police. I heard. Um, they're just an absolute phenomenon. Um, Thanks for clarifying that you heard because you were too busy with your snails in the restaurant till about two minutes. Yeah, well, as the Ad Lee was going clue. past. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, you yeah. didn't even and have to tell us it was chip- an Ad Lee. We knew, we knew. And your fish and chips for 19 quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bargain. Bargain, um, Jeff. The other thing to say is even yes. at full time, I, I went 
pitch yes. side again as William did a couple oh, of interviews. So lucky. Oh, the it, I really Love did it. enjoy it. But the it's what I was going to yeah, say is the amount of people that were staying in the stadium. I don't know what you two did, but you know people really stayed. Yeah. I saw Peter, the the DJ, as well in the media centre, and Nigel Mitchell, loads of people, massive social. But Peter, the DJ, you know, playing the Granite Xhaka song straight after the game so that he could get those moments. He's having a really important role in the atmosphere at the stadium as well. And, yeah, that was also lovely. Did you stay in your seat, Boyd, for quite a while after that? Yeah, yeah, for a while, yeah. And they played the the Saliba song, of course, as well, didn't they? Um, Yes. And, yeah, yeah, I watched, I noticed it was, um, I think it was Odegaard and uh, one other player who really stayed out there, like, to the last minute, kind of milking it, quite rightly milking it, milking the... uh, brilliance of the whole thing um for sure yeah no we, we we sat and marveled at it for quite a while yeah it was fantastic jeff are you, were, you, were you there just bathing in the glory of the moment i always i we, we unfortunately we do have to get away sharply afterwards to, to oh go here we go the, the daughter up and so we do miss a lot of the good yeah. stuff at the end of the game you know i always know I, I only I, I, I stay to the whistle and then bang we're straight away you know that's all you can ask for yeah that's all you, that's yeah. fine other thing, before we get into the actual um, game, uh, there were some other things I wanted to mention, which is that, um, did you notice the ball boy? He was, he was probably the opposite side from you, um, Josh. The ball boy who's kind of like in the middle of the side um, uh, yeah. of the kind of east, uh, just below us, basically, where we where we are. Um, he was absolutely brilliant. He was a legendary figure because he would not give the ball back to Spurs players throughout the match. And to the point where at one point in the second half, one of the Spurs players had to wrestle the ball from this kid, this little kid. And he got the ball back for him. And the little kid did like a jig, like a dance of joy. He was like like a kind of urchin, you know, kind of from, from Oliver Twist or something. This little this little boy could have been couldn't have been older than 10. And he was so funny. And kind of and at the end of the game, everyone was like, gave give him a massive applause for being this, being this kind of self massive Arsenal fan who wouldn't let Spurs players have the ball. And he's just jumping up and down, bathing in the whole thing. Now, I just hope the club hasn't sacked him this morning, because in case anyone noticed, because obviously it's against them. You are supposed to give the ball back to the to the opposing players, but he was fantastic. Well, this is brilliant I'm, I'm so far. Glad. We've had, yeah, I mean, we've had snails as a reference, Alison Lee's yeah. and now Oliver Twist yeah. analogies. This is why people yeah. come to this podcast, yeah. quite frankly. Uh, we should we should be charging. That's the next stage um, well, that we, uh, oh, yeah. we can go so, for. Patreon. I'm joking. We're not going to do that. Um, I, I didn't have a clue that that had happened. The, the one no. disadvantage of that kind of seat that I had is you are so low down, to be honest. So yeah, um, wouldn't have had a good visibility. Did you notice this, Jeff, this ball ball? No, I didn't. I've got to be honest with you. But, you know, I, I, I applaud it because... It's about time. I mean, it, it, I think the, the culture is changing at the club now. There's a bit more s housery going on. Uh, yes. All, all you can say shit, the, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I know this is a very, very, you know, polite podcast, we should say. No, so there's not, there's not. not. There's not too much. There's not too much swearing goes on, like others. But anyway, I mean, I, I, so I love that. I love all that. You know, it's about time. We do, we do, we, we're getting involved yeah. on the pitch now. We we had that soft underbelly for many, many years, and mm. I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased it's changing. Exactly. You're right. Yeah, that, the, the, the ball boy, the, the difficult ball boy is the symbol of the oh, how much tougher attitude, <laughs> indeed, as you say, um, all around. It's fantastic. Oh, as for the game itself, anything else you want to say? I, I'm for, the interesting 
point about not seeing much of the game from from when you're that close to the pitch, because you know the Watford manager was suspended, wasn't he? He was talking about how he quite likes watching half the game from the stand. George Graham, back in the day, lots of things reminded this game particularly reminded me of the glory days of George Graham. Jeff and I are old enough to remember. Yeah. Um, but I used to sit quite a lot very near him. I don't know how I got those tickets, but somehow I ended up often sitting like, you know, behind him or just kind of close. By. And did he paid George some money regular. in a brown envelope. Is that how you got the tickets? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I did secretly. Yeah, that wasn't me. Um, but George always used to sit, to sit in the f- entire first half up in the stand. And then he'd come what? down to the bench for the second half. Do you remember that? I was, I, was kind of, I was, I'll tell you where you got them from, Boyd. From Stan Flashman. Honestly, Stan Flashman had about <laughs> no. 40 seats in that block. Did he? Because yeah, I bought one myself from him. Me, me and the old man, yeah. Yeah, eventually, in the end. Yeah. Uh, when I got into the business, the, I wanted to move into the centre block, and that's the only way we could get them, was paying. Uh, it, it wasn't too expensive at the time, but it was well worth it. Because like you said, we, I was about three rows behind George Graham. He used to sit yeah. in the director's box right in front of us, didn't he? I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah. in the yeah. East End, wasn't it? In the yes, East End. Exactly. Uh, East anyway, End, yeah. We, yeah, we, completely. We digressed. But, but as we digressed, yeah. The actual game then. Um, I mean, first of all, I love the fact that Granite Shaka, Dermot was saying, Dermot O'Leary was saying that we should do a whole special episode just on the story of Granite Shaka. And I know what he means because it is an absolute extraordinary fairy tale situation now. And in, you see, he was man of the match, wasn't he, on BT Sport? And um, obviously I recorded it and watched it when I got back home, the whole thing. And it was such a joy to see him, to see Granite Shaka so happy. Um, and actually, and then um, Jesus gave him the ball and kind of took the piss out of him. So I can't believe you've, you've won man of the match. And, and, and Granite said after seven years, and like, I don't know if it's true if he but he, he himself seems to say that never been man of the match in seven years of the club until now which may be may be possible um but he was it, the, the, just the the resurrection the the jesus-like resurrection of granite shaka is unbelievable this new life it's got isn't it jeff yeah. uh, I, you know what I, 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 I write notes every now and again and, and I, I, yeah because I, I watch it back and watch the game and i, 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 yeah. I wrote down i said granite jacka is honestly for me He's the most improved footballer for Arsenal Football Club that I have seen ever, from where he came from. Wow. Right? Yeah. Because uh, I thought he was gone. I thought he was out the door. I thought he was. He was, he was never going to. When he, you know, when he starts throwing armbands down and stuff like that, you know, I don't think there's any way back. But what a difference now, you know. And he's at the moment. You know, remember the last time I was on, I said we, we, we've got to be looking to up the ceiling and replace Granite Jacker. At the moment, you did he's irreplaceable. That. You can't, you know, you've got to leave him in there for now and let him let him run through it. So, so fair play to him. I'll take my hat off to him, and I, I, I would have to apologise because I never thought he had it in him. Yeah, get 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 him the message that you, you're apologising to Granite. Yeah. I mean, none of us did really, though, did we? I mean, no one. There's a couple of kind of hipster people who would say you're not, you don't realise Jack is actually a really really good player. But it's he's he's changed where he plays, Josh, and you know it's, it's, that's part of the whole thing. A lot of credit has to go to Arteta, doesn't it? Let's go to Arteta, but it wasn't like he was in the wilderness, right? Like Arsenal right. managers no. have oh, consistently yeah. picked him, and when we and we go back to Arsene Finger, you know, in in that in in his first uh, period of the of the club, so there has always been something about him where clearly, you know, the managers have, have wanted to trust and be that. Um, Emery, Wenger, Arteta, 
you know, I guess limbo for that that brief period. Um, but obviously, him this season is you know well, it seems to have, you know stepped up a, a level unquestionably, playing higher up the pitch. I think the last three seasons I read he didn't score more than a, a single goal in the Premier League. He's obviously already got two um, eight games in, uh, and also just. Had had more shots in the on Saturday. Had a, a really good effort in the first half at Trigwine, and looks like he's being encouraged yeah. to shoot. And you, you feel like there's more there's more goals to come. And I think I said it on the on one of the last podcast of of all the players who came out well, of which there were several in the documentary. There's a strong argument to say Jacka came out, you know, more positively than than anyone. So it's it's amazing to see, and it feeds into this goodwill positivity going around Arsenal at the moment and you know we all just don't want it to stop right you know you worry that you have an international break and how do you come back off that um you know some of the players traveling big distances and you know I I think I overheard you know some of the Tottenham players coming through that media tunnel talking to some of the media don't know on off the record, so I'm not naming names, but there was definitely references to travel and the international uh, break not, you know, not going their way as it were. So yeah, roll on the uh, roll on the next games. Mm. I think we'll just stick on Jacker for a minute. I think he the point. It's interesting the point about um, the documentary, all or nothing, because he did come across so well, and I, th- I think he just came across Jeff as I think he's he's just like one of the more complicated part of the reason that the story is so incredible is because of how he was before and that and the sending off and the throwing down of the shirt and all of all of the stuff all of the stuff I've, I've all Arsenal fans know about him but it's almost like him being this flawed figure like yeah. he's a very human he comes across so human and I think a lot of players are very have a, have a kind of sheen don't know professionalism and they never yeah. say or do anything interesting at all i mean i did that's the ideal really in a way the ideal of your of your player in premier league particularly at this level is that they're a machine isn't it and they don't really they yeah. divert at all from they, they do what they're supposed to do and they do it brilliantly and they keep doing it whereas shaka is like a flawed individual human and i think that's what i, fa- I find fascinating about him i'd love to get to interview him whereas i think if you said to me now which Arsenal player would you like to interview more than any i think i'd say yeah. granite shaka he's just such an interesting character yeah you know what during that bad time i i i, I just think he because we we wasn't the best team in the world we didn't have the the, the, the footballers that he's got around him now to help him. i just think he took too much on he took it all personally mm. yeah he took too much yeah. on and he was he was fucking his own game up uh, just for the sake of trying to help out the team uh, but now he's got them quality players around him he can he can trust them he can rely on them right and he, yeah. he's allowed to wander up the pitch, and he looks so much better. He looks a different man. It's amazing. But he, and I've yeah. seen that when he plays for Switzerland. You see, you see, you yes. see, you yes. know. And I've seen him play for some. I think, well, who is this guy? Because he doesn't play for Arsenal like that, you know. But now we can see it, and um, you know, fair play to him. Honestly, it's brilliant. Great to see. Yeah, there were lots of other candidates, weren't there, for man of the match, Josh? I mean, it could have been. One of three or four player party had an amazing game. The goal was astonishing. Taken sixty three, I think, attempts for him to um, before he scored a goal like that. Um, sixty five, sixty five, is it? Whatever, it, it's yeah. worth it in the end because that was absolutely astonishing. And he had a brilliant game. I just thought he was like that's that's what that's what we paid fifty million for, isn't it? And like, you really at his best, he's just one of the best midfielders around. 
he just controlled the whole thing. It was just it just fantastic all the way through. I thought Ben White had an amazing game, like really like just kind of spending it. He was seemed to be the one who kind of made sure they all push up a lot and like kind of keep the ball, keep almost like starting out in midfield practically. Um, yeah. He was like, you know, playing like a, a right-sided midfield player most of the game and was fantastic. Started off a lot of the attacks. Um, and of course, Jesus, I think he's just, he just drives the whole thing, doesn't he? I mean, literally, and Saka, I thought had a brilliant game. Saka's dribbling back to its best, just keeping hold of the ball, but really dangerous attacks. Um, it could have been all kinds of players, man of the match, couldn't it, Josh? It could, it could have been. And there was a worry during the international break about Thomas Partey and had he picked up some kind of mm. injury and you thought, God, that, that majorly impacts how you feel going into the North London derby. So once that was revealed not to be quite as serious as perhaps first thought and that he was going to make it into the lineup, that felt a, a huge uh, factor in, in ensuring that Arsenal were, were going to the game feeling as, as confident as they as they should on the back of their league form this season. But you're, you're right. Gabriel Jesus, and we've said it before, the step up that he gives us is unquestionable compared to the last couple of years. Saka did look dangerous and looked confident. Ian Wright gave huge plaudits to Ben White in his match yeah. of the day analysis and rightly so where, where do you think at the moment Jeff if, if one player did get injured it would have the most impact I, I, I don't want to be a pessimist here but I, I don't know it's um, to, to be honest, just yeah. worry yeah goalkeeper oh I was expecting that you know, oh interesting because um, interesting. I, I'm not sure about the uh, what's his name I don't know what his name is even uh, Turner Turner that's correct yeah. I did see that he went with Rob Holding to the NFL uh, yesterday it looked like they had a lovely time Boyd were you invited oh, right. to that you get invited to most shows was it yeah, yeah I'm not, not I'm the not NFL a, no yeah, oh. I'm not a punter for that either to be honest with you but you know that is the position um, uh, that I think that we're, we're, we're less you know you know less depth at you know um, that I would worry about because if Ramsdale goes out of it and we've got to stick the lad in goal he's I mean he's learning on the job as well isn't he he's not he's not played he's not played a Premier League game yet has he I don't think he hasn't he hasn't started no I mean early days but I presume we'll get a decent look at him this coming week in the Europa League yeah but what party Mm. does right what party does he 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 showed us at the weekend what we are missing when he's injured and it was so clear you know it's just that's why I think the answer the yeah, the answer to Josh's question is Partey. I think it's got to be. I, I, I just think he, yeah, I think he's a massive. I just don't think we've got, we've got Lakonga, Sambi, we've got, I mean, um, El, El Neni's injured, isn't he, at the moment? So I, I think Partey, we've got to completely hope that somehow he, he stays in the team um, as much as possible because he just he runs things. Gets rid of the injuries. But I, I heard something or, or read something, might have been on Twitter or something like that, but someone done a study on um, his time at Athletic. And he didn't oh, yeah. get injured. He did not get injured at all at Atleti. He, he it's played, weird, isn't it? He played yeah. 2,500 minutes per season, like 35, wow. 35 games. They'd bring him off uh, on 70 minutes. Win, lose or draw, they'd bring him off. Or they'd, uh, he'd be a sub and he'd come on for 30 minutes or something like that. And they did it all the way through the season uh, wow. just to keep him fit. And mm. maybe, um, like, maybe, maybe Arteta was going down that road trying to get Douglas Louise, you know, because yeah. he's, he's so, he's so, he's, he's so, he's, he's so much involved in our game 
that we, we've got to treat him, we've got to put him in kid gloves and look after him as much as we possibly can. And obviously we've got Sam beyond the touchline, who's very smooth and, and everything else. Yeah. He's, he's another yeah. one that we've got, he's got to take his time to get into it, isn't he? You know, so yeah. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, you so. could be right, Josh. Maybe, maybe party is the one we've got to look after. I think so. We'll talk more about, I want to ask, ask a question about Ben White um, and England uh, uh, in a minute, but first of all, we'll have a quick break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back from the break. But just going back to Ben White a bit, obviously he he's not in the England. He wasn't in the England squad. Um, and partly, I think that is due to him playing in this right-sided position. It's incredible to think, isn't it? The try- just Sal- I mean, we should talk about Saliba in a minute, but Saliba's brilliance has meant that Ben White is keeping on the right side of the defence, keeping out, you know, uh, perfectly brilliant right back that we bought. And um, but consequently, it kind of means that because we're very strong in that position in, in England for England, that I don't think our Southwicks can take him to the World Cup. Now, are you? Would you rather that he stayed behind and not get injured, and you know that'd be a good thing, or would you? Or would you? Do you think mentally he 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 needs the boost? He should go to, and it just by right should go and, and be in the England squad because he's a brilliant player. Jeff, it's it's such an interesting no. one. Go on, Jeff. What or do Josh, you even no. Well, well I, I, I think. I, I think you, you nailed it. He he, is, he would be in contention if he had been the one playing alongside Saliba at centre-back in this brilliant start that Arsenal have had to the season. I, I really think it it would be the case. You only have to look at the recent squad. Um, uh, you know, I, I think if, if Connor Cody and Mark Gay, I'm not even going to get onto the Harry Maguire situation because I think Southgate is not going to not pick someone who hasn't let him down. But if people like Cody and Gay at Crystal Palace getting into England squad, then Ben White will feel that there's, you know, there's an opportunity there. But if he's playing at right back and hasn't had any game time at centre back, and Southgate doesn't feel that he can just suddenly expect him to play as a centre back for England, having not played there all season, well, he's not going to get in the England squad as a right back. I think we all have to hand on heart accept there's already too many, you know, brilliant options that we've we've got a right back. So he is a victim of the situation, but it's to his tremendous credit that he's keeping out Tommy Asu, a fit Tommy Asu, who, you know, we we were really raving about. So, you know, he deserves deserves all the plaudits, which uh, yeah, as I said, Ian Wright was was very keen to give him a match for day. It's amazing, Jeff, isn't it, that Harry Maguire is like is just a must pick by Gareth Southgate, and he's not going to pick Ben White. I just think, you know, what the fuck? <laughs> well, it, does, it is strange, but you know, uh, but, to, but uh, you've got to give him credit. I don't think he's ever let us down in big tournaments, Harry Maguire. Um, but he's not playing for Manchester United at the moment, so you'd think that he's in the same kind of position as Ben White. I would pick Ben White over Harry Maguire all day long. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Uh, but I've got, I've got, I've got a sneaky feeling that um, Gareth 
he's going to he's going to take Ben White anyway. Oh, really? He was, having, yeah. he was just having a look at Connor Cody and the other lad to see if it would change his mind a little bit. I think uh, I, I think he knows how Ben White is. He, he's very he, you know he's very versatile. He can play yeah. all across that back four really, and he can he can even he can even jump into midfield. And it might. Uh, I think you're right. I don't think he's going to get. I, I'm not sure he's going to get a, a starting chance at, at right back because there's so many of them there. Um, but I do think he'll, he'll go in in the squad just because he can play all along that back floor. Mm. And he's very versatile. That's interesting because yeah, I mean, I hope I hope you're right. I just think that, uh, listening to data on some various people discussing on um, Five Live, and they were saying, "Oh, there's no way he's going to take him." And that was, you know, the Nations League squad. You know, was kind of pretty much, but. I, I, I kind of, I, I, I slightly know, know what you mean. I think he might take him as well. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he knows. What but he being selfish, I'd yeah. rather he didn't go. Right. Yeah, I think, you see, I think I would rather he did. Because even though we don't want it, I think it's brilliant for Arsenal and brilliant for a player to, to, be, to go to the World Cup. Obviously, yeah. you're always worried he's going to be knackered and injured and all that. But I think it's such a massive psychological boost. As you look at, you know, look at all, all players that have that experience, I think. They grow from it, or generally they grow from it. Saka, for example. I mean, Saka, I know, you know, he's like, it's almost a joke how he plays every single game. And we, we talked about how knackered he must be. But he, he doesn't look it at all. He's back, he looks as fresh and as and as um, vibrant against Spurs as he has done ever for Arsenal. You know, I think part of that is all. And he's England Player of the Year. I mean, what a brilliant thing for him. So to, what an honour to be voted England Player of the Year. So you know, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. Saliba, Josh, we should mention another a Gallas. I know Gallas was talking about how he thinks Saliba's phenomenal, and it's almost interesting. Obviously, Gallas was a was a, a legendary centre back, but very different kind of player, very emotional. <laughs> you know, whereas Saliba is like Mister. He just stands there the way he imperiously dealt with various situations surrounded by Son and Kane and all these Spurs players. And he just literally kind of calmly, calmly passed around them and then passed it out of defence. He is a fucking, one of the most extraordinarily confident young defenders I've ever seen in Arsenal. Yeah, look, we can't underestimate what, what it means to have a, you know, a young French player who is part of the national team setup who has who's made seven appearances for France you know this year France are pretty much joint favorites let's say for the world cup he could very well be you know playing for the you know it's not inconceivable he could he could be a world champion in you know in, in a couple of months time yeah. um there were moments of the game where especially watching it back if the Tottenham had better passes and been a bit more effective in the final third. We could have had a few slightly hairier situations, but for for a twenty one year old, it is I think the most exciting defensive aspects you know we we've had in our squad for a, an awfully long time. And he's neat with his feet, and you know of course there was a little nutmeg in the in the Tottenham area, which is just joyful, especially when you're three one up and Tottenham are down to ten men, and you you know the the game is up. Um, it's it's just amazing, and uh, yeah, look, he will be one of those players that does go to the World Cup, and you hope, uh, you know, you you for hope someone, uh, only for, for some... only for good things from him. But he's he's not alongside, and I think Gallas himself actually, uh, you know, has, has made this point that he's a twenty-one-year-old. He's not like he's alongside a thirty-year-old who's been there and done it. He hasn't got 
Carvalho next to him to cite a, a Chelsea um, example. He's got a 24-year-old in in Gabriel who's, you know, you know, not, not the most experienced and oldest in centre back terms. So for the two of them together to have had this start to the to the season uh is yeah, hugely encouraging in what so, feels like the most so, positive podcast we've ever done in our lives, Boyd, at the moment. Yeah. He's so he's so very calm, isn't he? It's amazing the calmness and the like you say, the you know, the quietly confident um man on the ball. He doesn't get flustered. And you know, um and he his positional sense is great. He's got great pace. But again, his positional sense. There's a couple of times Tottenham. They just came. They came there just to. They parked the bus, didn't they? Really. There was very, very deep block. Didn't really want to. They just wanted to catch us on the break. And there was a couple of times where they, 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 they try to flip it, the long balls. Yeah. But and there was him and Harry Kane, and, and Saliba just went across him and just blocked him. Yeah. You know that it's, instead of just letting him run free, and the same with Son, he just ran across him and blocked him. You know, so it's, that's just. He's got a lot of experience for such a young man, if you get what I mean. Mm. He can read the game really, really well. And um, what we've got there is is amazing, you know. And, and I can only yeah. see if we can keep him, uh, it'd be amazing, you know. But we've, you know, he's got to sign that contract for us. But there's yeah, going to be a lot, of, lot of teams that are going to be offering him big, 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 big money. I know, I know. He really reminds us said this before but even more than ever uh, particularly in, on Saturday Virgil van Dijk at his best I know Liverpool are having a difficult season but he's it just does. got that just the way he stands there and the way he kind of expression on his face he's got like a kind of blank just accept he just seems to accept that he is going to be fine and he will deal with whatever is thrown at him in that very van Dijkian way he just exudes confidence and I think that he's really he's such a good defender a good defender will always yeah. No matter what situation, if you're one-on-one against a, a, a good defender, they'll always push you out. They'll always push you out yeah. to the, away from the goal. It will never show you inside. And he, he does that. He does it all the time. He always just, okay, you go out there and you try and get in behind us. But he's, he's so good. And we've just got somewhere. We've got, you've got to sling the book at him and just say, well, how much do you want? Oh, gotcha. Yeah, completely. The one negative, his one slight, tiny little Gabriel. I mean, the penalty um, was lunatic. Good. There we go. He is with he, Gabriel is the one player, isn't he? I think in this 18, clearly, this is that team they played on Saturday. That is now we now know that's his preferred lineup, isn't it? And, you know, all the, all the players available were fit and he picked them all. And, but Gabriel, Gabriel, I think, is the one player I still have that kind of doubt that he's capable of a rash moment as he conceded that penalty and capable of... Is that on your notes? Yeah. I just... He is a slight... He is a worry for me, Gabriel. I love him. He seems a lovely guy, all that, but he just seems... There's always one worry, isn't he? You have to have one player who you're like, he can he can be a bit of a fuck-up, and he is Gabriel. He's aggressive. He's aggressive. Yeah. He's a proper defender, right? Um... He, he, he's he's very emotional, right? But on the yes. hell, I yes. said he, he's, ter- he's turning uh, he's turning into prime granite jacker, right? When he was doing <laughs> oh, all those crazy gosh. things, you know, he, he's thirty seconds away from being booked or sent off. If he would just calm down a little bit, you know, if he could just take yeah. a little bit from Saliba, yeah. right? But again, he's yes. very young. He's very very young, and yeah. he's raw. Yeah. And he's a, he, one against one against him. You know, you're going to struggle. So. I think he'll, he'll, he'll get round that and um, it, it, it'll improve as well. But he does worry me sometimes. 
I wonder if Arteta just might be tempted to, you know, bring bring in um, White with Saliba in the centre, you know, and bring Tomiyasu back in maybe just to see if that's more, you know, if you can really clear out any worry of a mistake. I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm being unfair to Gabriel in that one moment. No, you, that aggressive def, def, def defender, he's, he's, he's brilliant. He does do his job. And to be honest with you, sure. that penalty, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't blame him for that really. Um, uh, unfortunately, Chaka put him in that position with the with a bad first touch, you know, and he really couldn't do nothing about it. He, he lunged in, and I mean, mm. you know that Richarlison, he's going to dive. He should have read that. Uh, yeah, but that was a foul, though. I think it was oh, a yeah, lunge. It was sure. a needless lunge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a needless lunge. What do you think, Josh? Be doing too being too harsh on Gabriel. Well, definitely right to point out it was a unnecessary challenge, a moment of rashness that um, you know was 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 unnecessary. And at that point, got Tottenham completely back into the game and felt like it had done done a huge yeah. amount of good work that Arsenal had done, getting to you know what felt like a dominant first half performance at, at times. But I can't see Arteta suddenly moving White across and putting Tomiyasu in. Um, while this run of form continues, he's obviously got the Europa League games to give game time, you know, to, to Tomiyasu and, uh, you know, many of the other players. I mean, you, you look at that bench and you also thought, hey, you know, Vieira's put in an incredible goal away at Brentford ahead of the international break. You know, really exciting performance. Even Marquinhos had, had looked very, you know, very lively in the Europa League game away. In, in Zurich, uh, you, you think, you know, fair enough, solid with people like Sambi Lakonga and Kieran Tierney. You're just sort of looking at that bench and go, hey, this is all right. You know, maybe this team can can do something this season. And quite what something is, is, is still unknown. But I know we're going to get onto it, but we're favourites to beat Liverpool. And that... It seems an absurd sentence given yeah. what they've done over the last four or five years and what, what Arsenal have done. But we, we really are with the bookies. We are favourites to win the game. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, that, we'll go, we will get on to that. We'll get on to that. Um, anything else we need to say about the game? Oh, the penalty. The, sorry, the sending off was, I mean, someone, one of the commentators doubted it, I think. Maybe, I don't know, on match of the day, maybe. Uh, but... Uh, it was a penalty, wasn't it? I mean, it was a really nasty. It was a sending off. I keep saying penalty. It was a sending off. It was a nasty rake down that down the side there of his leg, wasn't it? That that was unpleasant. I've got to tell you, seeing it live, and I was yeah, a lot yeah. closer than than you were. Yeah, that was right. In your I, bit, I didn't yeah. see it. I, I, I didn't oh. see that. That was going to be such a an obvious record just from um, seeing the challenge. But then sometimes what can happen on a football pitch is is players' body language. Like the players know when there's been a bad one, and you know, Saka was left in a heap on the floor and immediately the Arsenal players, you know, were, were calling for something. So they'd seen what happened in maybe only a way that sort of players a matter of metres away can do. So um, that was really noticeable. And as soon as you felt like this is being checked, then it was a red. And that was one of, you know, the moments it felt quite useful to have a screen directly in front of me that, you know, I was looking over Des oh, nice. Kelly's shoulder to see what yes. what he thought and <laughs> what was going on. I felt like uh, I had my own uh, my own little VAR room, effectively, to myself. 
Yeah, on the TV, so we, it was definitely definitely a sending off, wasn't it? You know, it was, it yeah. was definitely, yeah. you know. But we, we get players sent off for that all the time, regardless. Straight. Oh, we got, I mean, when Spurs beat us 3-0 last season, I mean, you know, I mean, I, you know, we got players sent off and that, that kind of ruined the whole game for us then. So, yeah, this felt like poetic justice that um, he definitely just should have been sent off and quite rightly was, for sure. Yeah. Um, just a fact, just just a glorious day. I, th- I think you're right. This is probably the most positive. And I think I'm now. I now think. I mean, Ian Wright was very funny, wasn't he? On Match of the Day, when when um, the presenter was saying, you know, can you even start thinking about winning the league and all of that? And he was rightly saying, he doesn't want to listen to it, doesn't want to hear it. And I'm kind of the same. But as I I, I, I just yeah. feel like Arsenal are in such a good place now. From 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 the manager, the coaching staff. The young team, how young this team is, what they can still, what they can go on to achieve. That they're, they're even top of the top of the league at this point. It's it's insane that we're top of the league, by the way. We're Man City scoring like eight goals every game, and they've got like the best striker in the history of the world ever, and we and they're still a point behind us. It's insane. Um, so I think we've got we've just got to enjoy it as much as we can. And I just think this is what we dreamt of. I think we've been hoping for this. I'm not I'm not like for 15, 20 years. Go back to a squad this exciting a team playing this good football you're going back a long time for me now and it's almost like no it does feel like the whole Arteta out period and like we could lose three games in a row now and I don't think I certainly wouldn't be saying Arteta out and I think probably the vast vast majority of Arsenal fans would give him time to sort whatever whatever happens out you know, in the same way that now Liverpool fans, I'm sure, will, will allow their manager to sort out what the fuck's going on with them. He's just, he's clearly, whatever he's doing is just working, isn't it? Like the, the players we've bought, the, the lineup, the formation, the attacking football, we relentlessly attack Spurs, the confidence, to, you know, they're only like one yeah. point behind strangled us before them. the game. We strangled them, didn't we? Totally dominated that game. Absolutely incredible. Um, Jesus had more touches in their penalty box than the entire Spurs team had in our penalty box. Stuff like that. You have to kind of revel in and the atmosphere or everything we're saying. It's extraordinary, the, the, the level of positivity at the club at the moment. Josh. It is. And it goes further than just the, the stadium on a match day. I was with Perry Groves, one of my, my friends, obviously form, former Arsenal player. Who's still very close to the club? He was there with Talk Sport on uh, on Saturday, doing part of their coverage, and and he does uh, what are called legends tours at, at the club, which people are probably familiar with. You see them advertised around the club. He was saying they have never been this busy. Like the numbers coming on their tours are like as bigger groups as as they could possibly handle. They're having to do more tours. It just builds this whole positivity around the club. I'm convinced the club shop, I'm sure, is is selling more than it it normally would. Incidentally, I did put my daughter in an Arsenal shirt for the first time at the weekend in the pinker, pinker away kit. Yeah. But just the whole positivity. I'm sure nice. people are coming to the ground um, a little bit earlier, maybe buying up a pint. The club are doing these offers to get people in the stadium earlier. I'm sure people are, are sticking around um, afterwards. The, the impact being top of the league can have is you know is is outrageous and you know long may it continue i mean ticket demand um it, jeff i mean it's 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 unbelievable isn't it i i honestly you know not, i've never I've quite not known anything deep. like it for for 15 years at least honestly but uh, i've said it before arsenal contrary to what people want to make you think they are a very very popular football club 
You know, we're like a, we've gone back into the sleeping giant mode for the last ten years, maybe. You know what I mean? Apart from the FA Cups, but we are a huge football club that are, uh, worldwide, and people are coming over again from, from everywhere trying to get a ticket. I've had people come through to me and DM me. I'm trying to get a ticket on this ticket exchange. There must be something wrong with it. I'm on there for hours and I can't buy one ticket. You can, you literally cannot find a ticket on the ticket exchange for any of the for any of the Premier League games. You might you might nick one every now and again for uh, you know the the the, the, Euro, the Europa League and stuff like that. But the the tickets are so so hard to come by. It's amazing, which is a good but thing. But I think a lot of that is not only due to, I think, the success. It's funny because there was a Spurs fan on on Five Live this evening. For some reason, they decided to have a Spurs fan from a podcast and not an Arsenal fan. And the Spurs fan, Arsenal's still living rent-free inside all Spurs fans' heads. And he was going on about how, you know, the amount of money we spent and the amount of time Arteta's had and how we should be in this position, you know. Like, it's like, well, like, well, you say that, but you've got one of the allegedly best coaches in the world and you're behind sure. us. You know, right. But I think we're way ahead. I mean, being top of the league at this stage of the season still, with, you know, Man City playing as they are, I think we're way ahead of par. And I think we're doing... And it's the way we play football. When you have players like Saka and Martinelli and Jesus being so positive and the dribbling and the incessant pressure they put on and just their skill, I think this that's why the, there's such a demand to watch Arsenal because we're really, really good to watch. Brilliant Jonathan Lee wrote a brilliant article in The Guardian, which I tweeted about, saying how much more fun it is to be an Arsenal fan right now than to be a Spurs fan yeah. because they yeah. are playing quite tedious, functional football. And, um, you know, it's very effective. And, you know, they may well, who knows, in the end, they may well finish no. above us again. You know, no. the nightmare could happen. It could, anything could happen, you know. But I just feel... I'm, 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 I don't really care right now because we're playing such good football and there's such a feeling of positivity about the club that you just have to, you just have to rejoice in it, don't you? I just think that Conte's, honestly, I think he's a Mourinho mark too. Um, yeah. The way they play, uh, it's, it's that boring, laborious um, counter-attacking team. But you know, if you if you study it. Any decent team, any decent coach that studies it, there's, there's a way around it. You know, you can you can yeah. work on it and you can beat yeah. it. Uh, I'm sure because if it doesn't work, they look terrible. Whereas yeah. I mean, Arsenal, we almost fell into. I agree with you. We almost fell. There was a period, as Josh mentioned, when we conceded the penalty. There was that 20 minute period where we, yeah, when we fell into their trap and they, and and it, and it seems to be working. But I still think in the end, free flowing attacking football is going to beat that correct. method out of the way we play it. And that is really exciting and really interesting. And I just think every, the whole atmosphere um, around the club and around the team has, has, hasn't been this good for decades, literally decades. So I'm not it's getting amazing. carried away. I mean, I won't get carried away, but it's pretty fantastic right now. But we have to uh, predict what's going to happen in that game. We're playing Bodo Glimt on Thursday, who won 4-1 at the weekend. They've been Lillestrom in the Norwegian league for one. They're second in the league to Mulder at the moment, um, doing pretty well. They're 15 points behind Mulder, it must be said. Um, and their stadium, are going, Josh, to the 8,300-seater stadium in uh, in um, Bodo? You can't get a ticket for it. Well, no, I know. Yeah, I mean, it's um, 400-odd tickets. I think there was discussion amongst a few of my friends, but it's a very difficult place to get to. 
it's two flights i believe i think there was only indirect yeah. flights options i did message you about it boy i think when the draw yes. um was done had you and dermot been you know hiring a private PJ. plane i'd have i'd have been jumping on it with you but um sadly it didn't seem to come to fruition i think you're you're saving that for the round of 16 maybe boy a hundred percent yeah yeah well yes. in the new year yeah we'll we'll, we'll definitely go we'll on all on go. A wild european we'll all go. Yeah. We'll all go. um yeah yeah i mean boda obviously have had the two games you know arsenal PSV um only only one so we've got um you know a bit of cash up to do uh, look what 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 can what can you possibly say i i can't pretend that i know huge uh, detail on on bodo i think arsenal showed against zurich that they are not putting out a complete team of kids in this tournament there is going to be a, yeah. a real mix um that's predicted by me by the way of course, uh, of course. But I think what's, um, what we've already spoken about, how important it is to win the group, save yourself two fixtures um, in the later stages of, of this competition. And look, what can I tell you? I, yeah, uh, I expect Arsenal, apparently, Arsenal should win all these games. Apparently, they're no mugs. They're, you know, no. They've, 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 they've won a lot of games. Uh, I think they beat Roma last year away. I think they they drew, drew a PS, PSV. Um uh, so I don't think they're, I don't think they're no mug. So let's not be surprised if it's a tough game. Yeah, uh, yeah. And especially we, in the tiny stadium, that their fans will be on it. When they've got a brilliant logo, by the way, Bodo Glimpse. If you if you look Google it on on Wikipedia, fantastic like typographic design of the big G, the Glimpt, the Bodo nineteen sixteen. It's amazing. You know, just just mentioning. It. What do you think the score is going to be, Jeff? Um, I just think we'll have enough for him. I think we'll. I think we'll win two one. Two one. Are you nice. going, boy? Are you, are you going on Thursday? No, no, no. Sadly not. No. How I, come, um, boy? Uh, I've got a prior engagement. Yeah, a big film premiere. I'm going to yeah, the London Film Festival. I'll be there. To be honest, I know it's a disgrace, disappointing. But, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting that you put that before. <laughs> Arsenal, um, yeah, no, I'm I'm immensely looking looking forward to it. I, I would go two nil um, to Arsenal, but it's a sellout, isn't it, boy? And, and that again is great because that hasn't been the case with all the European fixtures. Um, so to to have a sellout for these group games is yeah. you know fantastic. Every game sold out. Every game. Yeah. And we should mention the the women's crowd of forty seven thousand. I think oh yeah, thousand tickets actually sold. That's also totally extraordinary and great to see Arsenal at the forefront of, of you know breaking those kind of records. Yeah, I think we're going to win two uh, one. Uh, I don't know why I think it'll be close, so close. But yeah, I think we'll let you know the score. Boy. Yeah, I might even. Yeah, it's fine. I'm going to record it and try and not know the result in that in the lightly lad style. It'll be good. Um, then the big one on Sunday, Jeff. This yeah. is interesting. Liverpool really fucking need to win this game, don't they? I mean, they are they are well, having a nightmare. Are we, are we twelve? Are we twelve at the moment in front of them? Thirteen 11. or something like that. Eleven. They're on ten are points. We We're on twenty-one. Yeah, wow. eleven points. I mean, you know, it's that's <laughs> amazing. I would never have seen that coming. Um, I just think we're too powerful for them. We've got to play exactly the same way. Strangle them. Um, I agree. Yeah, we just got to keep on playing the same way. Uh, I mean, even that Man United game where we got a beat at, we uh, yeah, we was just we should have won that game. Uh, you know, I'm so disappointed that we 
We we should have yes. definitely won that game. But we just we went a little bit crazy, uh, and, and I'm glad we didn't do that against Tottenham. You know, uh, because the same could have happened. Similar similar type of setup that they had. But Liverpool will be doing the same thing. I think they'll be trying to uh, just hitting us on the break. But if we strangle them yeah. and put too much pressure on them, I don't think Matip's any good. I think Trent can't defend for Toffee. Uh, I don't know who they got playing left back. I don't know whether uh, Robertson's back there or not. If we press them, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. If we really, really press them and keep doing what we're we're a different team this season than we were last season by fifty percent. You know, so I think we've got we've got all the tools there now, ready to really have a go at them. I am going to say two nil. Mm, well, Josh. Well, it's so tough because you know, despite the form that they've been in, they've got some you know, top players and they have shown this season they can score goals. They're just conceding them. Mo Salah looks just not not quite the same level as he was for for whatever reason. Perhaps hasn't been for large chunks of 2022. Something about this still makes me think there's Liverpool have got a point to prove and I I, I'm think a draw. One all, actually. Yeah, I think a draw. I just I'll correct myself. Simicat is actually playing at um, right back at the moment. Sorry, you're right, Jeff. Um, uh, I think that, I think defensively, clearly, like yeah, I agree about Matic dodgy. We we should definitely attack. I think it'll be You've really interesting. Game. You got yeah, pressive. Yeah, I even think the goalkeeper's got a mistake in him as well. Man, maybe so have we though. I think it'll be. A, I think I'm going two all, um, which I think was my prediction for the Spurs game. But luckily, I was wrong. Um, it's going to be fascinating, isn't it? Absolutely fascinating. Um, Jeff, as ever, absolute joy to have you on. And Josh, as ever, thanks for everything. Um, and here's to the little ball boy, whoever he was, who wouldn't God give the ball him. back to the Spurs players on Saturday. See you next week. Bye. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co. UK. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.